Oh, control your mind, control your life. Think different theory, baby. That's what we do. Guys, what's up? What's up, everybody? We're, we're back. back. <laughs> we're back. Uh, I, we are like back. Four months. We're back. We're back. We're back, guys. What is up? Welcome back to another episode of Think Different Theory. I'm going to claim this one as uh, episode of Think and Different I'll Theory. I'll see you on the Marketing Secrets Podcast. We'll use it for both. We'll use it. For, that's perfect. A dual, yeah. a dual episode, guys. We are back. We were supposed to do this last week, but uh, but Russell's circumstances a, do not allow it. Yeah, Russell's in a bad mood, so we have to do this. But guys, welcome back. Today, I'm really really excited because we are discussing um, one of my new favorite books. One of your new favorite books, Outwitting the Devil, which you recommended to everybody, the whole world. What like. Three months ago, four months ago, something like that? Yeah, I'm, I'm shocked how many people have read it. If you haven't yet, go buy it on Amazon. There's two versions. I gotta share this. Real quick. He'll share that while I'll tell you guys about this. So, Perfect. There's two versions of it. This one's got Sharon Lecter's notes. This one doesn't. Um, I'd get one of Sharon Lecter's notes. And you, oh, I can talk to the camera here. Hey, what's up, camera? Um, and oh, also, if you look at the audiobook, it's awesome because in the audiobook, you can actually hear uh, the two voices, and one voice is the devil, one's Napoleon Hill, and it's amazing. Should I tell the story about the book? Well, okay, so actually, you? I wanna do yeah, that. We'll I actually wanna do this because. Okay. How I want to open this up is like, I want to take it back, like kind of take a step back because like you've built click funnels and now I feel like you've gone into kind of this new stage. You start reading a bunch of books and then you like geek out on Atlas Shrugged and then you like geek out on the next thing. Now we're at this book. So like back us up when and where, like how did you find this book? Where did it come about? Okay. And then let's dive into it because I feel like context is important. Yeah. So man, a lot of things. So obviously um, those who've read any of my books, I feel like I'm done. Like I wrote all the marketing books. Like I'm out of secrets. That's it. Trilogy's done. Work is finished. It's over. Guys, it's, we're done with Russell. Forever. <laughs> but I was like, but then for me, it's like, I don't know. I think in any any area of life, there's a point where you feel like you get mastery and it's like, it gets harder and harder to find the new things. So like, there's always incremental things, but it's like, there's not like a whole bunch of new stuff I'm like, can discover and like, oh my gosh, like, oh, freak out. Right, you know? something about marketing you've never seen before. Yeah, so right. it's harder. And so for me, it's like, I, I'm, a, I'm a learner. I'm always pursuing education and ideas and like things. And um, and so I started just kind of re-geeking out on personal development stuff. Yeah. Um, just uh, because I miss it. I'm trying to think about things in my life. And um, so I was going through a bunch of different things and rereading a bunch of books I read back, you know, a decade ago, like Think and Grow Rich, uh, which by the way, that's that's kind of, this is the first edition printing of Think and Grow Rich. Josh knows this, I'm kind of a geek with old books. Um, you guys will see why more in about 18 months from now we're doing some really oh, cool things. But, so cool. but uh, this is the first edition of Think and Grow Rich. So Think and Grow Rich was written, written by Napoleon Hill in 1937. It's like the most, uh, uh, outside of the Bible, it's like the highest personal development yeah, book like ever the, sold. Yeah, the number one. Yeah, mm -hmm. and it's really, really good. Um, and so I was reading that again, and then people kept telling me about this other book. And there's a lot of books. So this is like right here. This is Think Grow Rich. This is Laws of Success, which right now I'm trying to acquire a first edition Laws of Success, which is I was telling you, it's insane. It's crazy expensive. expensive. But Russell's over here like geeking out on all the books. I love old books. Actually, it's, side note on that, guys. The very first time, so this is back at the I think it was the first or second offer. I can't remember. Mind Lab, Mind, the big one. Oh. Offer Mind. Um, you had spoke at it. And you were coming off stage, and I walked out. It was you and Dave, and I like ran up to you as you were getting on the elevator. Do you remember this? Yes, I do. And, actually. and I, like, I was like Russell, and I didn't know you like hardly at all this time. Like we kind of knew, like we knew basically, like we had had some interactions. I was like, I'm trying to dream 100. You, what, <laughs> what's a good gift? And you're like, old books. <laughs> Ding! The elevator door shuts. Like you're on the elevator, I'm off the elevator. And I was like, all right, that's all I have to go on. <laughs> and you sent me some amazing old books. Yeah, so, very very cool. Yeah, um, yeah. And so I just again, I'm kind of going back through and I'm relearning from Tony again and from other people and stuff like that. But then this book keeps coming up. And for some reason, the title didn't grab me. I was like, Outwitting the Devil, it sounds stupid. I don't, like, I didn't want to read it. And, like, I didn't, it never even crossed my mind as like a book I was going to read. It's not something that I would really care about. And then one day, and I download, I'm on Audible, I download almost all the books I buy, physical copies. Yeah, 100%. I, I do an Audible too, just in case. Yep. And um, I'm one of those kind of people that I, when I'm in a mood for something, that's why when I, I travel, it drives my wife crazy. I'll bring a backpack with like 40 books. I don't know what <laughs> mood I'm going to be in. And she's like, why don't you just bring a Kindle? I'm like, because I like paper and I want to be able to hold it and see where the bookmark's at. Yeah, yeah. And send me through an Audible. So I just download all of an Audible just in case. And so one day I was working out, um, I was trying, anyway, this is a longer story, but I was trying to buy success.com at the time. It ended up falling through. I didn't get it. But um, Napoleon Hill was actually one of the original. Um, he uh, he wrote for Success in 1918. In fact, hold on, this is kind of cool. This is so this cool. is uh, Napoleon Hill's. Uh, he started a magazine. And he actually talks about it in Outwitting the Devil. So he started a magazine called Hill's Golden Rule. This is one of the original. This is uh, this one's from 1919. Um, but anyway, he was also an author in uh, the original Success magazines back in the 1800s. I bought a whole. I have a whole bunch of copies actually. 1800s and Napoleon Hill articles in Success. Dang, that's like, so oh. cool. Oh my gosh. So I was I, I just got some of these things, and then um, one morning I was working out and I was looking at my playlist, and Outwitting the Devil popped. Up and for some reason I was like, all right. So I clicked it, and um, it started talking about this magazine, or talked about Hill's Golden Rule, talked about Success Magazine, which I was trying to acquire at the time, and all these things. And I was just like, 
oh my gosh. And so at the very beginning, he tells the story. He's kind of telling the story. I didn't really know where I was going to go. He's telling the story about his life. And then all of a sudden transitions to this conversation he's having with the devil. And as you know, you've read it. It's, Ooh, it's, so it's just like, I started getting to him like, oh my gosh. Like, why didn't nobody tell me about this before? This is, um, and put in perspective, I, I've read a lot of personal development books. I love Think and Grow Rich. This is so much better than Think and Grow it Rich. It is. I agree with that. And do you want me to tell the story behind it? Do you want to tell it? Or what's the... For behind where how like what the book is where it came from there's like amazing story I, I think I, I actually want to pass it over to you because I have questions about it so I want to kind of hear things from your perspective here on yeah. this things I think a lot of people do as well it's funny though because when you put this on like I gosh I kind of picked up reading like halfway through last year like I made a public declaration when I graduated from high school I literally I bought a pickup truck <laughs> I don't to, read anymore to, to, and I, I put down the tailgate I got up there I stood up I held my arms there and I literally yelled audibly out loud I will never read <laughs> another book ever again outside of the Bible like literally I was so done with reading my mom made us do all this reading high school right i was like i'm so done and um thankfully that's not you know the case. What it reminds me of i got done wrestling my senior year in college and I, after my last match i publicly said i will never run again and i gained 60 pounds and now i run and now but, you run <laughs> yeah anyway we had a similar experience yeah like so i'll never go. do that again but like six months or so like six months into last year i start like picking up reading more or whatever and like actually i've been averaging three books a month this year wow. which is freaking awesome um but I'm in the middle, like I'm halfway through. I can't remember what book it was. And I see on your Instagram story and you're like, everybody read like, this book. Holy cow. Every, like, every chapter is like, oh my gosh. Like, right. So I immediately go and, you know, buy it. And as soon as I finish the next book, I like read the whole thing. And I think I read it in like two sittings, right? Like the whole thing. I was like, oh my gosh, this is so good. So I do, I want you to kind of break it down for those, for those people out there that don't know what it is. It is a story of, of Napoleon Hill interviewing the devil, essentially. Um, so I have a lot of questions just after you kind of explain the context of it all, yeah. but why don't you just kind of give people some context around what okay. it is. And then by the way, I spent the last little while like trying to take the entire book and put it into a framework like I do. So that's what yes. this is back here. We'll talk about this and some of the things we have this here too. that hopefully become a serve as a framework for you guys. If you decide to read, like here's some stuff to help, but okay, so there's the story. So Think and Grow Rich was published in 1937. Um, the next year, and if you've read Think and Grow Rich, there's, there's times in here where he's like having conversations with people who passed away. Like he's, he's you know, people died. He's like thinking about them and like having these, these um, you know, in his head, these conversations that, that, that come into the book. So it's pretty cool. Um, so in 1937, 1938, he writes the manuscript for, um, for Outwitting the Devil. Yep. Um, and uh, so it's a year later. And the premise of this is, uh, is literally, he talks about in the beginning. It's like, I don't know if this is a literal interview or if this was a physical, you know, just something in my head, but this is the conversation I had with the devil. Yeah. And it's more, it's less of like, just like an interview, but more like he's put the, the devil on trial. Like I mean, he's on trial. He's like, you have to answer my questions. These are my questions. And, 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 and the, during this time, the devil, I can't remember how he explained it in the book, but like the devil is forced to have to tell the truth 100% of the time. Yeah, so any lie. question that he asked him, he, yeah, he cannot lie. He has to be able to tell the truth. And that's part, one of the questions in there is he even says like, it doesn't matter if you're religious or not. It doesn't matter if you think like, whether you think it's a metaphor or whether you think he actually sat down and interviewed the devil, whether, you know, no matter what it was, like the principle still reigned true, which is why I love the book. And like, yeah. he basically like takes that element out of it. He's like, don't let that belief get in your way. Like, yeah. still read the book. So, anyway. yeah. And 1938 is when he wrote the book, but it didn't get published in 1938. Yeah, so imagine, oh, so imagine this is one of the coolest stories ever. So, 1938, he writes the book. And in the book, he actually talks about the, the devil's like, if you ever publish this, it'll destroy your life, it'll destroy your family, it'll destroy everything because all the people fighting against us are going to destroy you. And so, he finishes the book a year after Thinking Grow Rich, has a manuscript, and he is so scared, he never actually publishes it. So, he ends up dying, I think, in 78, I believe. He passes away. His wife, second person, gets a manuscript. She reads it, and she's like, I'm not publishing this. Yeah. So she refuses to publish it. Later, she passes away. The Pulling Hill Foundation gets the book, uh, gets the manuscript. They read it and they're like, oh my gosh, this is like probably the best thing they've ever written. And then they actually contacted, this is cool. I talked to Sharon Lechner last week. So, so I called Sharon Lechner. She's right here. Says, no way. Uh, That's awesome. I'm by Sharon Lechner. So she was probably the fourth person to ever read the manuscript. They said to her like, what do you think we should do with this? So she says she got it and she sat down and she's reading it. And she's like, this is one of the greatest things ever published. If you don't know Sharon Lechner, she was the one who helped uh, with all of the Rich Dad Poor Dad books. She was the CEO of the company for a long time. Like she like helped build the biggest financial education company on the planet. And now she's coming over here to this mission and she takes this book. Um, and she's the one who takes it, gets the manuscript ready for print. Inside of here has got her notes, which is kind of cool. You hear her notes taking it from, it was, it was published back in um, like that, the last big crash, was it, two, 2008, 2009 yeah. mm. So she's like sharing things in here and how they relate back then, which is kind of cool. Uh, but anyway, so she published and it. And it's in the audiobook as well. Like yeah. she kind of goes through and comments she it. So there's the, the devil's voice and then there's Napoleon Hill's voice and then there's her like kind of commenting, which is actually kind of cool through yeah. the thing. Yeah. It's kind of cool to make it, to make it natural or make yeah. it kind of tied to the time. Yeah. But I think even nowadays, you know, decade later, whatever, it's even more well, applicable. And that's what's crazy is you read the book and if you didn't know that it was public or like that it was written back in 1938, you'd be like, oh, he's totally talking about right now. Yeah. Like you have no clue. You know, he's talking about because like, some of the references he's talking about Hitler and Mussolini, all these people are like, oh, 
okay, well, the dictators nowadays are different, but that was who, you know, right. the things that were happening yeah. right then at time. Yeah, but. yeah, and just like the craziness of like fear and economic turmoil and, you know, depression. I'm like, huh, sounds like where we're at now. So anyway. So that's the cool story about it. It's just like this book that, this manuscript that's been lost for, for generations from literally the best personal development author of, of our time. Yeah. And to bring it back, like I had, I was just visualized myself as Sharon Lechner reading that original. Can you imagine like just reading the manuscript and just be like, <laughs> like be the first part of the third oh, or fourth person to ever read it. So insanely cool. So anyway, that's kind of the backstory and you get into it and it's, it's fascinating. So that's, that's the story behind the book. That's yeah. why you guys have to read. How cool is that? Yeah. It's super, super cool. And like, kind of what, like what I'd love to do is I, I want to, I want you to go through, cause I think this is important. Mm -hmm. Like for the sake of time, I mean, we could probably talk for four or five or six hours on this book, right? <laughs> but for the sake of time, uh, the time constraints, I think this summarizes the book super well. Yeah. And so I'd love to like go through the book. I'd love to like, like see your interpretation of the frameworks and kind of explain it. And then like, it's funny because how I, whenever I go through personal development books, like you see everything from the world of like funnels and marketing and you know, things like that. Like I cannot read a personal development book without like looking at whether or not the fundamental principles, principles of it are like true or like what they align with, right? Yeah. So they align with Christianity or atheism or like whatnot. So I have questions about, cause like I'm a huge fan of the book, you're a huge fan of the book, right? But like there's some certain things in here that he talks about that I have like questions that I'd love to know your opinion on. So I think if we go through and kind of like talk through the overall context of the book here um, and then kind of pivot towards that, towards the end, I think cool. it'd be awesome. And one thing to just kind of address that before we get too deep into it, because I know a lot of people People have this fear of reading anything of like, well, what if I don't believe it? Like, well, I'm not this belief, therefore I can't. And I'm like, I'm such a big believer in there's truth in, in most things. I think there's truth in all things. And I can read something and be like, oh my gosh, like 97% of this, yeah. I believe spot on 3%. I don't really agree with, but yeah. I can still appreciate the 97% and like love it and enjoy it and be grateful for it. In fact, I can do the same thing with my personal relationships. I can talk to somebody I don't agree 100% with and I still like them afterwards, which is something I think our world needs to learn how to do better. But yeah, even anyway. even if you lose uh, Bitcoin bets. Hey now. Yeah. All right, so let's talk about <laughs> That's 3% him I can't stand right yeah. now. Anyway, okay, so the way my mind works, when I read, so I read the book the first time, I was just like in this whirlwind of like, oh my gosh, there's there's so many things. And I, I was re-listening today as I was working out, trying to like, like this, this, this is like a framework, but there's so many levels and layers and things go deeper and deeper and deeper. So um, the first time I listened to it, I was just like kind of overwhelmed because there's so much good stuff. And the second time I was going through it, I was like, okay, if I was trying to doodle this to explain it to somebody, like how, like, like what's the overarching well, yeah, what's the premise of the book? framework that yeah. I and That's just kind of the way I, if you've ever read any of my books, you know that's how my brain works. I read like 30 books and from there I'm like, okay, this is what I think they're saying. So this is kind of the premise. I'll, I'll walk up to the board and kind of show you guys this, but the basic, the basic concept is all of us, me, you, like anybody, right? We have a decision that comes to us and we've got two choices every single time. And that's kind of where this whole thing starts from. So should I go over there? Yeah, yeah. And you can right. take my mic too. Okay, I'm taking a mic. So I know you guys can't see this perfectly and there's gonna be, the words are all small. So I'll kind of talk through it and hopefully that'll, that'll work. So here's, here's me or you, and this is us. And we have decisions come to us. They come to us in my, in my audio right here. Can you hear it? Cool. So we have decisions all the time. So the biggest thing is like uh, something comes to us. We, we can make decisions based on one of two things, right? We're either making a decision based on faith or based on fear. Like that's it. Like those are the two things. And obviously, especially in the last year, we've noticed, I think that this has been amplified. Like where do most of us make our decisions? I think that what you'll find is that people traditionally make their, their decisions one way or the other. Either they make all their decisions towards fear, all of them towards faith. And so that's something to start thinking about personally yourself. This is why I start thinking about like, when I'm making decisions, am I doing them through fear or through faith? And I, I feel like people, not 100%, but I think you tend to, to favor one of these. And um, it's important because when you start understanding Satan, like how, how the devil is using these as tools, it starts helping you think like, I gotta start making my decisions differently or else um, I'm doing what he wants. So I'm gonna start on the fear side. So his initial goal is to get people to make decisions based on fear. If he can get that, you become what he calls a drifter. So drifter is somebody who's drifting through life. Really I want to yeah. back really quick. I think, um, I think one of the things I wanna just cover here really quick is kind of the premise of how this, like even like before we dive into this, like how this came about, because like in the book, basically Napoleon Hill asks the devil, he's like, hey, listen, I want to understand what you as the devil are doing to try to control people. Because in the book, one of the things that he claims, and I guess you, ha you have it up here, the 98%, is that the devil controls 98% of people on the earth by getting them to do drifting, which we'll talk about here in a second, right? And so the, the, the whole premise of this book is basically the, uh, Napoleon Hill is interviewing the devil and getting the devil to explain how the laws of the universe work and basically how the devil is using those laws of the universe to pull people towards him. And then he also draws contrast, contrast to that of how God uses them to draw people towards God. And so it's like basically understanding like the laws of success, the laws of the universe, how they work. And it's, what is it? The, the secrets of freedom and success. So like if you understand, he's asking questions with the specific intention of trying to figure out how the world works, how the devil's using those, and then how we can use those things to ultimately have success if we can figure out how they work. Is that 
Perfect. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Thank you for adding that. That was that was awesome preframe. And I think that um, hope that works. I think we're good. Um, when you understand that, it's like that is this. That's the war we're in every single day, right? It's like the. I mean, it's every movie, right and wrong, good and evil, right? That's the that's the fight, right? And so. And so the devil here is showing, like, this is my playbook. This is how I get people to come to my side. And so his side calls them drifters. Drifters are people who are drifting through life. They're not ambitious to not do anything. They're just kind of like there. And uh, when you're a drifter, he, he controls you. And he said 98% of the population he controls by getting them to, to drift. And the first thing he does that is by initially, the decision comes to act in faith or act in fear. If you act with fear, you are moving down towards being a drifter. Okay? Now, um, he starts going through, like, what are the most effect? like, oh, the, so good. So many good things. But he said, <laughs> so he said, uh, how does he get people to act towards fear? So he's like, these, these are my six tools. I got six tools. Is the volume good? I need to yell louder. Okay. These are the six tools, the most effective tools I, I use, I have to get people to act towards fear. So the first one is poverty. If you can get into fear poverty, like, oh, I, if I do this thing, I'm gonna, I, mean, I could be poor. Then I'm going to be fearful instead of having faith in me. Like, I don't care if I'm poor. I'm going to go for it, right? So he gets people to, to have fear through poverty, through criticism. How many of you guys have had a decision to make and you have fear like, oh, what if people criticize me? That's one of his tools, right? Ill health. Oh, I don't know if I can do that because I'm not healthy enough. Loss of love, old age, and death. So those are the six most effective fears uh, that the devil uses to get you to take fear over faith. And he said, of those six, the two most powerful are poverty and death. If you get you to be scared of like, I'm going to lose all my money, I'm going to be broke, or oh, if I do that, I might die. Or, you know, I might not, you know, those things, those are his two most powerful tools. So that was really fascinating for me as I looked at that because I have so many times in my life when I have decisions, I am scared of criticism or I'm scared of, of loss of love or like whatever those things might be, right? Entrepreneurship, how many times are you trying to gamble everything? If you're scared of poverty, right? Then it's like, ah, in fact, I have entrepreneurs all the time. This is like a conversation I have way more often than you would think where they're coming to me and they're like, they built a business to a certain point and they're stuck and they're, and they're, and they're so scared. And the thing that I always have to come back to them is like, what's, like, what's the worst case scenario? Because they're in a spot where they're so fearful they can't act and they can't make decisions, they can't do anything and they just like are frozen and they start shrinking. Like they're, you see them going from like people who, are, who have the, like, the presence to be able to take action and do things to like these people who are stuck and frozen. And I literally, the conversation I have over and over and over again is like, well, what's the worst case scenario? Because if you're not okay with the worst case scenario with poverty, with death, with these things, you're not okay with those, there's no way you're going to have faith to move forward. Like you have to break yourself of the worst case scenario. And so I see this in my own life. I see it in so many entrepreneurs I coach. Like I see this as the cycle for them getting to fear. So I want you, everyone to take a personal reflection. Like which one of these ones are you most afraid of? Like is it poverty, criticism, ill health, loss of love, old age, or death? And I'm actually just going to stand up here because I think it'll be easier. Um, and one of the things that, that he's, so what he's trying to do is he's trying to use one of these six things to get you to become a drifter. Ooh, we just moved the screen. Like that's, like that's the key thing. And if I'm looking at this camera here. Okay, that's like the key thing that he's trying to get you to do is the devil wants you to become a drifter. Because if the, the opposite of being drifting is, and it's kind of like the characteristics of a non-drifter over here is you have definitive purpose, you have mastery over self, you have uh, learning from adversity, controlling the uh, controlling environmental influence, uh, time, positive thoughts over time, and then thinking through plans before you act on them. So if, like if you have those things, like that's the opposite of being a drifter. If he can get you to drift, then you don't have definitive purpose, then you're not actually going after anything, then you're not gonna be able to have control over it. And like, then he has control over you. And like, that's the comparison that he keeps drawing in the book, right? It's like, if I had, like, if he can get you to drift, then, then he has control over you. But if you're not a drifter, then guess what? Then he, he doesn't have power over you. And then you're ultimately gonna have success and freedom in life. And so like, these are the things that he lays out in the book. And it's like, okay, look, if you choose to be a free thinker, if you choose to be someone who is like, this is what we're all about, like has control over your mind, you're gonna come into this spiritual, mental and physical freedom category versus the drifter category. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing. And um, yeah, I think what, like, I, in fact, I almost called this column here definitive purpose because it's so, in fact, if you read Think and Grow Rich, he talks this whole chapter out, definitive purpose. Like, who are the people who say, this is the thing I want, I'm going to go through it, I'm going to have definitive purpose, like, no matter what happens, no matter what tr obstacles, trials, I'm going to go get the thing. That's definitive purpose, right? Again, that's a big premise of Think and Grow Rich, and here he comes back to it. And I almost, again, I almost made the title of this, but it's not. I think it fits better. It does, but it's not, it's not an opposite. It's where this is. Freedom versus drifting is the opposites, and this is what it actually says in the book. So, like, if, the first we could just summar if we just summarized it as one word, drifters versus freedom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spiritual, physical freedom. So it's like, yeah, because it's freedom of mind. Like his whole thing is he's trying to control the mind. If you control your mind, he wins. Yeah. And so yeah, but a definitive purpose, like that's the that's the number one characteristic of a non-drifter is definitive purpose, right? So it's like you're coming here, I'm gonna act, and you're like, oh, I got fear, I got fear. What if, what if, what if I'm criticized? What if they criticize me? Ah, oh, and you don't, just, you don't act. We're here, you're like, I have a definitive purpose. This is my mission. This is the goal. I don't care what happens. I'm gonna go for it, and you just go for it. And that's where you're acting in faith. Like I don't know the path, I don't know where I'm going, but I believe in my skill set. I believe in my mission. I believe in my calling. I'm gonna go, and you start moving, and eventually you show up, and you end up over here. Yeah. So anyway, and these other ones are all amazing. We can go deeper, but yeah, we can go deeper, and I think we can hold this. This is the same thing, right? Okay. So we can hold up it there, right. and that way we can get Kanye back to poor, poor uh, Brenda's over there. <laughs> Brenda's over there, you're like ruining uh, my mics. <laughs> yeah. So. 
One of the things I wanted to dive deep down in on this is specifically on here, you have this thing called hypnotic rhythm. And like, if I were to do this like uh, as an overview, it's basically like there's a human and then there's the devil and then there's God. Like this is basically how he describes it in the book, right? There's the devil and there's God and there's the human. And the human has is going through life and there's the devil pulling for him and there's God pulling for him, right? And then that person has the choice it's like the two angels with the devil on your shoulder. Yeah, pretty much, right? And then you have the choice to either choose faith or choose fear, which is why, like, I mean, one of the things that I've been so adamantly kind of fighting right now is, like, don't live in fear. Like, why Why is anybody fearful of anything? And, like, I know it's easy for me to say because I'm not afraid of death, right? And that's literally one of the the top things that he uses to control the mind, right? And you, you look around the world today and everyone's so afraid of dying or something. Like, who cares? Like, whatever. Like, I know where I'm going when I die. But, like, that's one of the things that I've been fighting so, di- you know, so, so, so strongly. So it's like, I either have fear and I become a drifter. And I ha- or I have faith and I become someone with definitive purpose and I have freedom ultimately in my life. But there's this thing underneath yep. that is like kind of the core crux of what ultimately keeps us there. And it's like, I actually have notes on it, but it's this thing called hypnotic rhythm. It was interesting because he talks about hypnotic rhythm after he talks about drifters. And he's like, he's like my goal is to get in hypnotic rhythm. He says that if you go from, from, uh, from routines to habits, your habits become habitual and they're habitual, they become hypnotic rhythm where, the, where you're stuck in this, this cycle. And he says, is that how you control the drifters? He's like, that's how the universe controls everything. Yeah. Positive and negative. That's why if you look at the, the, the bottom here, it's got the, the little whirlpool at the bottom for hypnotic rhythm. It's, it's the same thing. So if you have good habits and you're doing things, you get a spot where eventually it's, it's a pattern that you're just stuck in and it's easier to stay in the 2%. If you're in the, the 98%, it's easier to stay there too. Like hypnotic rhythm serves all things. And that's, and that's the thing I think is so interesting about it is the way that he explains it is like the hypnotic rhythm is the thing that keeps the world in harmony, right? And one of the quotes out of the book that I wrote down is nature, which in this particular case, he's talking about nature in the form of hypnotic rhythm. Nature is not interested in morals as such. She is not interested in right or wrong. She is not interested in justice or injustice. She's interested only in forcing everything to express action according to its nature, right? So when you go into hypnotic rhythm, either positively or negative or negatively, like you get into the rhythm of nature, right? And like nature is interested in, if you look at it purely from an objective standpoint, it's saying that he's saying that like nature is only interested in making the thing, the object, in this case, you do what it's been designed to do. So if you're choosing to be in hypnotic rhythm in the spiritual freedom side of things, like nature is going to keep you in that. And that's why like, it's almost like rewiring your whole brain and your whole life for success. It's like why successful people continue to have success. And it's why non-successful people do not have success. And I think like understanding that and understanding that like hypnotic rhythm is like, it's like, I almost like to think of it as like the subconscious mind, right? Like it's the subject, like once your subconscious mind goes into this hypnotic rhythm to just do the same thing over and over and over again, it's very, very difficult to escape that. Yeah. And you see it happen in your life all the time. Like there's times in my life when I was wrestling where it's like, I had so many routines, so many things that, that had structured my life where it was just, it happens on autopilot. Like, cause it was just, that was, that was my, what I did. Right. And so it was perfect. I didn't have to like every day figure out like, how am I going to be successful? How am I going to have different purpose? Like it was like, it, it become part of me, right? Yeah. And something in business or other parts. And I think that it's true. Like we get in these, these patterns, these ruts, these things, whatever it is, either positively or negatively, but that's the ignore rhythm where that's the goal is to get in those, but in the positive side, not the negative side. Cause you see it's a downward spiral, yeah. right? Either, or excuse me, upward spiral positively or downward spiral negatively. But if you get in that hypnotic rhythm, um, that's the, that's, that's, the the thing that keeps you in that in that spot yeah and um anyway does that make sense yeah what was like what was the number one like i had a very definitive takeaway from the book right like i read it and there's so much obviously there's like you could read it a million times and like keep getting gold nuggets but like what was the thing that was like stuck out to you that was like the most powerful of it that caused you to literally go on instagram and be like yo everybody read this book right now well for me so again everyone's a different spot so i think i think it's good to read this book for everyone to kind of sit, see where you fit right and, and anyway, maybe I have just sort of view of my, my, myself, but I feel like I'm someone who acts in a purpose. I feel like I act in faith most of the times. Like, so I feel like I'm on the side. So the thing that was, that was so powerful for me, if you look in the middle of my thing, there's these two columns here, was he starts saying, he asked, he's like, so when someone uses definitive purpose, does that mean they're free from you? He's like, no. He's like, as soon as they're using definitive purpose, he's like, these are the tools I use to try to get them to become drifters. Mm. And I started looking at the list of things he uses to get them to become drifters. And I was like, oh my gosh, I see those patterns in my life. I see the things that are pulling me to that side as well. Mm. And it became this like warning for me of like, okay, these are the things to be, to protect yourself from because we're not free. Like, it's not like, I do good things that are going to be good forever. It's like, no, the entire time he's trying to get you to the other side. And so for me, it was interesting. You can kind of see some of these ones I list up here, like the, the temptations he uses to get you, to get someone who, who is free to become a drifter. So number one was flattery. And it was interesting. Um, he said that the way he uses flattery is in women, he uses vanity and in men, he uses egotism. Mm. And I've seen that so many times in my own personal life, where like you get your ego and you start like, <laughs> your own bio, you drink your own Kool-Aid and you're like, I'm amazing. And as soon as you do that, as soon as you do that, it starts shifting you from, from this state of like freedom to, to drifters. And I've seen, um, I've got personal friends who, who 
who have let ego destroy their families, destroy their businesses, mm. destroy their lives. And I always have fear of that. And I see myself slipping that often. Like it's definitely a temptation. That's like one of the things for me that pulls me in. I'm trying to like be careful of. It's funny. People always tell me, like, I feel like you're one of the few guys in the industry that don't have a big ego. I'm like, I have a huge ego. <laughs> I try to be aware of it. Yeah. Um, I'm grateful for my wife. And one of my, one of my buddies told me, he's like, it wasn't for Colette. He's like, you would have the biggest head in the world. Like she's the one that like, keeps me focused. You know what I mean? I feel like that's um, Leah with me too. hundred percent. Oh, it's so hundred percent. But I think it was interesting for, for men, for egotism and women and said vanity, which is interesting too. So those are two things there. Next was failure. And he talked about failure from both sides. He said that the failure can be something that actually serves you because you fail, you see what's wrong and you readjust. But some people go through failure and then they slip to like, okay, this didn't work and they're out. Yeah. And you see that a lot. Well, and that's even listed here where you, it's, um, Learning from adversity, yeah. right? So like, that's one of the key things. Like, how do you, how do you use failure? Like, if you're gonna be a drifter, you're gonna like, be like, failure, ew, yuck, and I'm never gonna do it again, yeah. versus a successful person. I used to go all the time and fail, I'm like, oh, I tried the thing, it didn't actually work. It's like, okay, it worked for like 800 other people, but it didn't work for you. Like, maybe it was you, maybe the approach was, you know, it's like, it's so interesting where it's like, if it comes back to, um, if you've read uh, Jocko's book. Um, What's Jocko's like, book? Um, yeah, extreme extreme motion. Motion. like that's the thing, right? Like the failure happens and it's like, oh, I gotta blame on them. Boom. Like instantly you're a drifter, right? We feel like it was me. I did it wrong. What am I going to change? Like the extreme ownership, like that's the shift um, from failure. Whereas you take the extreme ownership, boom, you, you slot, you're, you're staying over here. But if you don't, and I have that problem all the time, like I think, um, you know, like something doesn't happen to my team, right? Or whatever. And I want to like, point the fingers and it's like, but I'm the leader of the team, but it's so much easier to point out right. than to point back in. And so for me, that was the one, again, another, another one I know. It's like when I have my failures, like I point out or in, because I point out, I'm slipping into drifting. Mm. Um, propaganda, bribes, food, sex, like all these different things he was using. Like food one was interesting. He was talking about, He's like, you know, when, when men and women become rich and they have all these things, I give them through food, but all of a sudden they start eating it gluttonous and all of a sudden their body gets not healthy and then it's harder yeah. to move. And there's the, when you're, and I, I don't know, I'm sure you felt that when you're not eating healthy, your mind gets cloudy and all these things, and it's very easy to become a drifter. Yeah. Um, and so it's just all these tools he's using to try to get you to shift from one to the other. Those things were, you know, in my time of life right now, where I was just like, okay, cool. I've got walls I can start protecting myself of. I can become more aware of it. And when you're aware of something, it's so much easier to fight it as opposed to when you Yeah. And like when you're successful too, like everything's convenient. And that's kind of like one of the things that he brought up in the book too, like that I noticed in my life. Like I was like, I'm thinking back to when I first started, I was like, man, I was sleeping on my buddy's couch. You know what I mean? Like for three months, like trying to, and I worked my butt off and everything like that. I'm like, why don't, like, why do I lack that drive sometimes? Like, why, why don't I have that anymore? It's like, cause life is convenient, yeah. right? Because if I sleep until eight o'clock or if I sleep, you know, if I don't perform today, it's like my life doesn't change at all. Like, you know what I mean? But back then it did. And so when things become convenient, it's super easy to come back into that like drifter mode. Yeah, 100%. And that's like one of the hardest things, you know, is just, um, you know, I think at least for me when I was growing up, I always thought like there's a point where you're like, you made it. In fact, I remember this one time, my business was doing well at the time. We had I don't know, a bunch of employees. I remember hiring this guy to come consult me on something and he came out and he was look, you're looking at all this stuff. And he's like, he's like, so tell me like, like, when was it you felt like, like when did you know you made it? And I was like, oh, I, I'm still <laughs> freaking out. Like I have no idea, like I don't feel like I made it. And I think in my life, I always thought there's gonna be a point where I'm like, I made it or figured the thing out or whatever, but I never got there. And I feel like, I feel like the second I do, that's like when it's gonna start, like mm -hmm. that's the thing. And so um, I think being more aware of that, just like this is a constant thing and that's okay, but, but it's a constant, you know, with between God and Satan, like there's this constant, like every, every moment is like each of them are fighting for it. Right. Yeah. And it's like, if you give up here, then you slip back over to there. Like you can't just, there's no neutral ground. So I actually want to talk about that because I, I think one of the biggest, I mean, well, the, the number one thing, like you said, of a non-drifter is the definitive purpose. Yep. And like, I have noticed that in my life, even like recently. So, I mean, over the past year, year and a half, and I've been working with Katie Richardson, you know, that like, you know, just really getting clear on like what the next steps of things are. And like my definitive purpose, if you will, like when I first started my entrepreneurship journey, like was this, I just don't want to be poor anymore, right? <laughs> like, I'm like my definitive purpose is to not worry about money and to get out of debt and like just be free, right? Like, be able to make decisions or whatever. And then I like got there and then there was like this next definitive purpose and they were like kind of like incremental, like go almost goals, but not like this overwhelming, like definitive purpose, right? And, and so like going through the process of that, of course, with my brother dying and like that whole kind of shattering everything. Like for you, you've built ClickFunnels, you've, you know, have a, a wildly successful company and people look up to you and they're like, oh my gosh, Russell, like you're on top of the world, you're amazing, you've made it. Like, like, at now, you've just said, hey, I don't feel like I've made it yet. I still feel like I have a long way to go. Like, how do you, has your, A, has your purpose changed since you started compared to where you're at now? And B, like, how do you continue to remind yourself of that purpose? Or how do you find that purpose? Like, 
when like you could do nothing for the rest of your life and be like totally fine like how do you find purpose I'd be a in drifter that? at that point but, but right but like <laughs> right you would be a drifter i can just see russell's in yeah. on the beach no actually i can't even imagine what that would look like for russell on the beach for long periods of time but like what yeah. what would that look like for you like or, or how, how do you find that that purpose so yes but my purpose has changed yeah um so i would say in my mind it's kind of two things there's like like the people that i've been called to serve has not changed right so like I feel like I've been called to serve entrepreneurs. Like those are my people, those are people that I'm here. And so for me, it's like, what are all the ways I can help them? And so initially it was like, um, do seminars, and teach, write books. That was the first thing, right? And then it's like, oh, we're gonna build software. And then it's like, oh, we're gonna do events. And like, it kept adding these things on. Um, and so like, that, that was the, the thing, right? And so my purpose was like, what are all the things I can do to help, to help an entrepreneur be more successful? Like that's, that's my, my vision, that's my mission, that's my, my thing, right? Mm -hmm. And I feel like now that like, again, after I finished the, the three books, I was like, I feel like that again, that, that's the trilogy. Like that's what people need. And then we have Fun Hacking Live, that's amazing. We have, the, we have these things in place, like all the things there are kind of, they're there. And I think there's things, where, you know, there's, there's big updates we have coming to ClickFunnels. There's other things we do to make things better. But for me, it's like, like, there's not a lot more, again, there's not like, I'm gonna come out with some magic funnel and I'm like, oh, it changes everything again. Like we're, like it's, it's there, right? So for me, it's like, okay, I'm still called to serve these people. What's the next level of success? Like, what's the next thing I need to do? And for me, I started looking like, what were the things that I struggled with? And so much of it was not, you know, uh, I mean, it, it was like, I didn't have the tools, I didn't have the, the information, which is why, you know, the last two decades has been focused on that. But the next thing was like, I had to become someone different. Like, who did I have to become to be successful? And I look at so many entrepreneurs who are coming into my world, these people who I'm called to serve, I'm giving them funnels. Man, they don't believe in themselves. They have horrible identities. They're yep. choosing fear over faith every single time and they're having success. And so for me, it's like, hey, I still have the same people. I'm still called the same, serve the same people, but but what am I, like, what's the next thing I need to help them with? Mm. And if you just look at like, just the, the my book trilogy, like the first one was dot-com secrets, right? It's like, they need to understand funnels. That, that was a book and it was like, hey, now I understand funnels. And now everyone's like, I'm building funnels. But then they, their funnels weren't working, right? They weren't converting. And I'm like, oh, they don't know how to like tell stories, write copy or build, oh, yeah, so I'm like build, expert yeah. secrets. I'm like, expert secrets. It's like, okay, now they understand that. And I thought I was done. And then I'm like, okay, some people have these funnels that like have really good copy, but they, Facebook shut down their account and they're screwed or they have no traffic or whatever. I'm like, oh, my people need traffic. So I'm getting traffic and that's traffic secrets book, you know? And so for me, the last year, year and a half, especially, you know, as you know, we've been in this insane environment, of insanity. <laughs> How do you even describe it? And I'm watching these people I've been called to serve melting down, choosing fear in every single direction over and over and over and over and over again. I'm seeing people who don't have an identity, don't have beliefs, don't have rules, don't have values, don't have all these things they need to actually have the structure to implement any of the stuff we talked about. Yeah. And that's why I started geeking back, back in this personal development stuff, partially because it's for, for myself, because I'm trying to protect myself and strengthen myself. But for me, like, um, the only reason I go deep on anything, like if you look at my disc profile, one of my, um, one of my things is I have very, very high, like my highest value is ROI. Like if I don't mm. see return on investment in something, I can't do it. Like mm. that's why I struggle in school. That's why I struggle in so mm. many things. That's why um, when I started trying to read scriptures again, I struggled it until I started the podcast because now there's a return on my investment. I'm gonna learn this thing, but I'm gonna give it to somebody else. And there's my return on investment. Now I, now I, can, I can do it and I feel fulfilled by it, right? Mm. Which by the way, I'm gonna plug podcast number three is gonna be about that. So okay, anyway, podcast. yeah, yeah. Um, and that same thing here. So like I started going back through and started reading these things. And for a while it was tough because I'm reading these things. And, and for me, it's like, like what's the return on investment? Like it's good for me, but like, uh, like I've been called to serve. Like it's not just, right? There's again, I talk about this in, in the new book. We'll talk about it in a minute. But growth, mm. I talk about secrets to growth and contribution, right? I love growth because it's good for me, but but I uh, I thrive on the contribution. Like it's me sharing that that gets me excited. And so yeah. I was going through these things, and that's when probably like three or four months ago, when I was like, hey, I'm learning all these principles and these things. I'm doodling all this stuff. Like. I need, I need to have something I'm putting it towards or else I'm not gonna be able to continue the momentum I need to, yeah. to keep doing this and keep figuring out these things. And so that's why I started, as you know, on my fourth book, yeah, which I, is not a marketing book. Yeah, so. I wanna talk about that. Really, okay, I really do wanna go there. However, I, I wanna, there's one question I wanna ask you first that's, I kinda wanna like pull back maybe another layer of Russell uh -oh. that people, like, I don't know, maybe, maybe you've told this story before. I don't know, I don't even know what the story is. I'm about to ask you, but like, so like my number one takeaway from the book was how much fear controls people, mm -hmm. right? Like that was my number one thing. And like for me, like, and this has come through a tremendous amount of mental work and tremendous amount of like personal identity work over the course of the past, you know, 12 to 16 months of, of just like tears and, and, and just facing my own, you know, like fears and insecurities and like bringing them to the light and like working through them. But like, there's not a whole lot of things I'm afraid of, right? Like, there, I mean, very few things where I'm like, look at them like, oh my gosh, I'm like, like I'm just, I just do me and like whatever, like criticism yeah. and it doesn't really bother me or whatever. But there are like, there's certain, like there certain instances that come up where I'm like, ooh, I'm afraid of failure in that specific scenario for that specific thing. Yeah. And I'd be curious to know, like, 
for you as you built ClickFunnels, I'm sure there were moments of fear. And I'm sure there were moments when like this side of things st started to creep in, but like you worked through that. And so I'd be curious to know like what's, like what was one of the biggest times when you were building ClickFunnels that you were afraid? And how did you work through that? Like what's that story? Oh man. Cause I feel like, I feel like yeah. we, we hear like the marketing yeah, version the of it. The highlight reels. <laughs> well, we do, we do, right? Like, and, and they yeah. serve a very specific purpose. And like, I, I always laugh when people like want to criticize, be like, Russell only tells this part of the story or whatever. I'm like, do you understand why he's doing that? Like, do you understand like it's fitting into, like it's not Funnel Hacking Live or it's at this or whatever. I'm like, there's a purpose for that. It's not like you're you know, trying to do that, but I want to know the other side of it. Like, yeah. I want to know like the behind the scenes of like, what was that moment when you're like, this is not worth it. I'm going to shut it all down. Or I'm afraid that, you know, I'm not going to be able, I don't know what, I don't know what the story is. Yeah, um, definitely for me, the part that was the hardest. It was the first year ClickFunnels. We just launched it. And I remember because when Todd built it, he told me, he was like, and I, you know, in my head, I, I thought we were getting 10,000 members month one. Like that was in my head. <laughs> and Todd was like, okay, well, just so you know, as soon as we pass 10,000 members, um, the way I coded it, it's going to have to be different. And I was like, I don't know what that means, but I'm going to get 10,000 members, right? So we go and launch it. We don't get 10,000 members, kind of <laughs> depressed, but we start pursuing this thing, start working towards it. And within about a year, we got 10,000 members. Um, and during that, during that time, ClickFunnels started doing weird things where like it would just go down for like five minutes and be back. Like, what just happened? And like, oh, some blah, 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 techie thing happened. And yeah, so they fix it. Like, hey, good. Whew, you know, and, and go down <laughs> and this time down 15 minutes. And 15 minutes down, it's funny because one minute I'm everyone's hero, right? They're like, we love you, Russell. You made our life so much easier making money. They're yeah. like, I'm getting the messages and just like feeling the ego and like all the things. And just like, this is amazing. And then it goes down. And I want you guys to understand like when, it, when ClickFunnels was, would go down, it wasn't like, hey man, it's down. Like, it was like, I want to kill you. Like you owe me $2,000 in ads for my 15 minute window that's down. <laughs> like, um, I'm going to sue you. Like death threats, like I went from like this, like the hero of the day to I want to kill you. And message coming in, I'm like, and I'm getting these things, and Todd's not getting them because no one knows. You know, he's kind of behind the scenes, and I'm just like, these people want to kill me. Like they're that angry. Like they want to sue me. They want like, all these things, and then they're publicly posting everywhere how he, how horrible I am, how bad. And like, like the second someone slips, everyone wants to jump up and like start throwing daggers at him. Like it's mm. insane. I've seen it happen to so many people. Who, like I have friends who I've seen it happen to recently, where it's like, you know, everyone's not everyone loves them until they do something, and then it's just like everyone wants to pounce. And out. like half the time, it's not even their fault. It's it's, it's it's crazy. And so that's happening, right? And so it keeps happening. We get back up and then I'm like, this is gonna work good. Like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm like, okay, it's gonna be good. So like, and then we plan on that. And then again, it would go good for two or three weeks and something would happen and it just kept happening. And, and the longer we go, more members happened. It would happen more often and it would happen longer. And it was just like horrible. Cause I, be, I remember one time I was speaking at a, Dan, a GKSC event and uh, I'm in the hotel room. We just got there. Dave and I were there. We get everything ready. And it goes down. We're down for like 30 minutes. I'm freaking out. I'm supposed to be on stage in like 30 minutes, right? Or like oh an hour or something. Gosh. And it's down. And I'm messaging. And I remember Voxy taught him like, hey, it's down again. And he messaged back on nice, like, oh, yeah. Like, um, uh, anyways, but he was just like, he's like, oh, yeah, it's down again. We'll work on it. It's so a message back. And I was like, this is happening a lot. Of, like, like, are you sure we're okay? You seem all nice and calm. Like, you okay? And it's funny because Todd's super respectful. He doesn't ever swear around me or anything. And, and he messaged back and I've never heard Todd scared before. And he messaged back and he was, I won't repeat what he said, but it was just like, what he said and how he said it was just like, we're screwed. Like he, he said it like four or five times in a row and then he like ended and I was just like. And you're about to go on stage? Yeah, and I was oh like. Oh my gosh. And I was just freaking out. I'm like, I'm about to go on stage and try to convince all this audience that I've got the greatest thing in the world. And my partner who built it is freaking out and doesn't know how to stabilize this thing. And he's, and I remember just being like, like sick, to, like sick my stomach, scared, all these fears, like all the anxiety, all the inadequacy, all the, all those things. And I remember I'm just freaking out. And then we got it back up. And then Dave's like, Hey, you're on like 10 minutes. I'm like, Oh, so I'm like, you know, do my things running downstairs and I come on stage. And I was just, anyway, just in my, in my head and my mind and my body, just like freaking out. Right. And, um, do the presentation. Um, you know, it, I know the presentation, even if I'm scared, it's going to convert pretty similar. It's convert yeah. well. People bought it. Everyone's excited. And I remember afterwards, it was weird. This is the most weird thing. I don't even know who it was. If you're listening, you should message me. Um, some dude like <laughs> lingered afterwards and he's like, um, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, fine. How's it going? He's like, and he's like a, a chiropractor, but like a, like a woo woo one, right? Where yeah, they, like, yeah. Do energy stuff or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, yeah. he's like, can I adjust you? And I'm like, that's weird. He's like, no, like, I don't really do normal adjusting. It's this other weird kind. And 
I was like, I don't know what's happening. This guy creeping <laughs> me. You know, like, what's that? But for some reason, I'm like, sure, like, whatever. Right, so right. he takes me to this other room. He starts to ingest him. He's doing, like, you know, the muscle testing and all sorts of stuff on me. Which I never some had. random dude. Yeah, I never had that happen before. It was, it was an attendee at the event, so, he, you know, he was there. Right, right, right. And it was, it was weird because he starts, he's just like, you have all this tension here, here, all these things. And he's trying to figure out why. And so um, eventually... And again, some people think this stuff's crazy. I you think it was crazy. Nowadays, I don't know. No, like, I don't think it's crazy. Anyway, it's it's interesting. <laughs> but he's doing this muscle testing, and he he muscle tests, and he's like, the thing that you're experiencing right now inside your body is a reflection of something that happened. I can't remember. Like it was like three point six years ago, or something like that. He's like, what what happened three and a half years ago? I'm like, I have no idea. That I couldn't remember. And all of a sudden, I was like, oh my gosh, that was the last time my company collapsed, and we had to we didn't go through bankruptcy, but we had to fire uh, almost hundred people. We had to shut everything down. We, like. It was all this stuff. And he was like, he's like, your experience, your body's experiencing the same things right now that you experienced at that moment. And that's this tension in this oh thing. Oh my gosh. And it was crazy. And he did all this stuff to try to release it and everything. But also I realized it's like, oh my gosh, my biggest thing is I built this thing up. People think I'm a hero again right now. And I remember it happened three and a half years ago when I lost everything and how much pain and how much all these things, the poverty I got, the criticism I got, the ill health I got, the loss of love I got, friends, family, coworkers walking out on me. Um, uh, I wanted to die. I'm old age. Like all my my greatest fears came back in that moment, and and I'm in this this spot, and I don't know how to fix it because I can't code. Like when I go to college and learn how to code, Gosh, like, that's I don't the know what worst. to do. Oh man! So I mean, the, the next week out of your we're hands. flying to London to speak in London. They invited my family to come to me, so my wife and kids were all flying in London. And I told parts of this story before, but we're in the air. You know, everything's good. The kids are having so much fun. They're flying, and we land. We get to London, and there's you know, and your phones like the chips don't work. So you yeah, you gotta swap them. Yeah. So we're driving around. I finally get our chips in there, and as soon as it does. All of a sudden, my phone's just like, and I don't know what it is. But I'm looking, and there's text messages, there's instant messages, there's Voxers, there's all these things, hundreds. Not, not like, I'm not exaggerating. People are like, hundreds, probably like 10. No, like hundreds and hundreds on every platform of people sending me death threats, sending me they want to kill me, sending me they hate me, sending me I'm screwing them over, sending me all that, like, just this stuff. And I'm looking at my phone, and I'm just like, I don't know even happen. So I'm finally trying to get Todd. I got a hold of him, and he's like, yeah, we're down. We've been down for like four or five hours. He's like, if we're able to get it back up. And I remember him saying, if and not when. And I was just like, and you're in London with my about family. About to speak. And so I don't even know. Uh, I went back hotel room and we had like two hotels conjoining for the kids. I was like, can everyone go in this room for a minute? And I shut the door and I'm just like, I don't know what to do. We're down. I don't know if we're going to get back up. Like I'm supposed to speak next, you know, the next day to talk about ClickFunnels. Um, and it was one of those things where I was just like in so much fear, like, I wanted to hide. I just wanted to like not say anything. I just wanted to be quiet. Yeah, especially as an introvert. Yeah, especially an introvert who's got literally hundreds of people telling me how much they hate me. And I don't know what to do. And this is one of those moments where it's just like the fear and the faith. Like I wanted to go to fear. Like that sounds so nice just to hide and like, um, but I was like, I can't because like this is this is my life. This is all yeah. the stuff we, we've worked yeah. for us for so long. And and um, in that moment, I had the impression of like, you should go live on Facebook. I was like, I don't wanna go live on Facebook. Like you have to, like you have to tell people what's happening. And I was like, what kind of CEO in the middle of this crash gets online? Like, hey, our company's down. Like, <laughs> and like put on this happy face, like, but it's okay because let me blame the servers. Or right, the thing. Right. I had a million people I could blame because it was, you know. It's not your fault, Russell. But I was- Never your fault, right? So finally I was like, all right. So I just, I told the kids, I'm gonna be on like 15 minutes. Like just, so I clicked go and all of a sudden I'm live. And of course, because, it's everybody live. Everybody pops in because they're trying to figure out because they want to kill me. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> Russell's here. This is our time. And first, I popped up. Like, you start seeing the comments. Like, you're effing kid. Like, you killed my business. Like, all these things, and just like, you owe me how much money? Like, all these things. And I'm just like, okay. And instead of like doing what I wanted to do, which was like blame, point to other people, I was like, I'm pissed. And I was like, this is not okay. Like, my business is down. Your business is down. You trusted me. You trusted us. We are not doing what's right. Like, this is not acceptable. I'm not like. And I, I tried my best. In fact, the video's still live. It's, it's on, if you go to my Facebook page and go to videos and scroll down to year one of ClickFunnels, the video's still live there. That's crazy. Um, and basically I just tried Somebody to- Somebody go find it and post in the comments. <laughs> Seriously, I'd love um, to see it. Yeah, and I just posted, I can't remember if I posted in the ClickFunnels group or maybe it was in my, anyway, I remember I found it a little while ago to look at it again. I remember watching it, I was just like, oh, that sucked. But I did my best to like, try to take that. Like the thinner purpose, this is not- Well, okay. and that's this it. we're trying to do. I'm just gonna take faith. And it was crazy because I remember we posted that while Todd and the team was working their butts off. And luckily through so many miracles, they got everything back up. We had a backup from right before it hit. We didn't lose anything other than the eight hours we were down. Um, and we expected like the next day that half our members would cancel, everything was gonna be gone. And it was crazy how by taking the action of faith, like people came in and instead of being upset, they're like, you know what? Thank you. Like, mm. thank you for not hiding. Thank you for telling us you're upset. Thank you for not 
for understanding it's not acceptable and not trying to be like, oh, thank you for taking responsibility. Mm. And the next, over the next week, we didn't see any, they, it wasn't like, you know, you know, signups and cancellations. We watched those two numbers all the time. It wasn't, wasn't like a big drop. It was just like, hmm. didn't change. And, um, and after that, we, we made changes. We figured things out and got things solid and started nothing stable. And that was the last time we went down for more than, you know, a little blip here or there. Yeah. Um, but that was, that was probably the biggest thing. And I remember just being, anyway, so. That's crazy. Well, that, I think, feel like that comes back to having a definitive purpose. Right? Yeah. Like because we, like you had a goal, like <laughs> you were all in because like without that, like you just, you throw in the towel and you say, this isn't worth it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if you don't have, if you are not crystal, crystal clear, or like at least very, very emotionally attached to, to, to that outcome or to that goal of that definitive purpose to where you're at, like you should shut everything down there yeah. and you walk. That's crazy. I've never heard that story before. Whew, I'm like sweating, reliving it. Thanks for that. No problem. <laughs> I'm sure the audience loved it though. So <gasps> anyway, it was, it was a scary, scary time between those two things happening back to back. And like I said, and then, then we started working towards it and man, Todd and Ryan, all the people on our team who went and who figured out the problems and solidified things and brought in the right people. And um, it was crazy because people at ClickFunnels are like, you should know how to not go down. It's like, you don't understand that. To that point we went from, from a bunch of entrepreneurs trying to make something to like at that point, we we're like the 300th most visited website in the world. Like, there's not many people on this planet who know how to handle the database architecture behind that. We didn't know how to do it. And so we're trying to find people. We, hire, we literally hire people who like, they're, they're charging like 10 grand an hour to database administration. So she like, you hire them like, okay, here's 20 grand. You get two hours to tell, look, say log in and look around like, here's all the mistakes. And then they go back and you're trying to fix them. They're like, okay, here's another 10 grand, another hour. Like that's the people who like ran eBay and Amazon. Those are the people we have to hire to come and look at these problems because they're not problems that most people deal with, right? Like you think about mm. it, you know, we tell people we have 120,000 members. That's true. That's 120,000 people's websites. And most of them are more than one. Most of them have 10, 20, 50, 100. It's like there's, I don't know, quarter million, half a million websites running all <laughs> yeah. on our server. So it's like, yeah. like that's the, like no one well, knows uh, Yeah, stuff. Brad, how many do we have? How many, like, <laughs> well, Brad's over here the audience. We probably got like 50 just, uh, just yeah. there so that, it's like, that we're running through. <laughs> so like, these are problems like, it's not like, not normal problems that like yeah. most people know how to solve. We know how to solve them. So it's like, how do we do that? Like, yeah, every, every level, there's a new level of, of stress and problems and things that, that keep coming up that you just, yeah, if you don't have that definitive purpose and that dream and that vision, that thing, like there's so many things pulling you off the path. That like, there's a million things trying to pull you to become a drifter from, yeah. from flattery to failure to propaganda to bribes. So like all these things are trying to do that. Like the world's stacked to you. In fact, according to the book, 98% of people are there. Yeah, 98%. So it's That's like, crazy. So it's, so it's like, first off, it comes back to like, if you want to shift yourself back, the very first thing is like, coming back to the very first question is like, am I doing this decision based out of faith or fear? Mm. Like that's the transition point. It's not like, okay, I gotta fix all this crap. And blah, blah, blah. like, I gotta, no, it's like, okay, come back to the very beginning. And if you start shifting your decision-making process, it's like, I'm scared. You can still be scared. You still have fear. I still have fear all the time. I'm sure you do too. Like, yeah. I, I like, do I do that? But it's like, you don't act in fear. You act in faith. Like, okay, yeah. this could, I could lose everything. I could be criticized. I could, I could, I could, but this is my definitive purpose. This is my vision. This is where I yeah. have to go. Therefore, I will act in faith regardless of these things that they happen. I have to be okay with the worst case scenario. I have to be okay that if I screw up, people are going to criticize me or else I'm not going to be able to move forward in faith. Yeah. And that's the, that's the conundrum. That's where you have to get thick skin and be okay with these things. You know, and I think for me, I've tried, I spend time consciously thinking about each of these, right? Like you talked about death. You don't fear death. Like for me, for a big part of my life, I did fear death. And there's parts of me, like I'm thinking about today, like if I was to die, like I wouldn't be scared of death, but I'd be scared of like my kids not having a death. Yeah. But, yep. would, but, I, but like the thing, like the, uh, the belief that I have and, and the new book goes deep in these kind of things which I'm really excited to share. But, but like my belief about death, like we have to have beliefs and, and values and rules around all these kind of things. But my belief about death is I, I strongly, strongly, strongly believe that none of us will live on this planet one second longer or shorter than God wants us yeah. to. Mm -hmm. Like I believe that to, to my core soul. Yep. So because of that, I'm okay with death because it's not like all of a sudden, accidentally I'm going to catch something and I'm going to die. Yeah. And then God's like, oh crap, I missed that one. Like that's not going to happen. <laughs> right. Right. We all, there, there's plans, there's purpose, there's things that are happening. And I have that as a belief. And maybe yeah. it's not true, but it's my belief. Yeah. Therefore, because I believe that I'm not scared of death. Yep. Like if it happens, that sucks. And I like hold off my kids, but again, it's part of the plan. Therefore, yeah. I'm not afraid of death because of that. Yeah. And I had never really even thought about death until like my brother, like obviously passed away. Face -face -face -face. Yeah. Like, holy cow, like freak accident, helicopter crash, you know what I mean? Over in Kenya. It's like, what the heck? And like, I, flew around the world trying to figure out what I believed and what, like kind of what I thought and like kind of the conclusion, I don't know, conclusion, but the, the belief that I have about death is I'm like, all right, when I die, that's when my life starts. Like, you know what I mean? I'm like, okay, cool. Like I'm, this is a, what do they say. It's a whisper in the wind, right? Like it's a flash and a flash in a pan. Like life is, we're here and we're given some choices and God's like, all right, here, here you got your 80 or 90 years on life and you get a choice. You can either choose to accept me or reject me. And then eternity starts, right? Or 
doesn't start always it you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. and it's so like for me i'm like sweet and coupled with or partnered with like what you said of like i don't think god makes mistakes so if i die like even if it's a dumb stupid decision that i made that led to that like it's not like god didn't factor in my stupidity right <laughs> and so because i'm you know yeah. know that it's it, it's confidence yeah. yeah so okay i do want to i want to do this because we're talking about all these amazing books yeah and um i don't know this is probably like two, three weeks ago, maybe it was a little bit longer than that, you start hinting on Instagram about this book. And I'm like, oh my gosh, another book? What could it possibly be? And then last week I'm out here and you start telling me about it and like what it is. Show you and the it's, not a, it's not a marketing book. Yeah. It's the next piece. And it's your first ever, and I don't want to spoil it for him, but I'm going to say it's like your first ever take at personal development. Yeah. Like talk to us about this book. When is it coming out? Like how, yeah. how did this come about? And like the details of that, because I'm super, super excited for it. Yeah, well, I think it's my first, I think it's my only Hopefully, but I said it about. I, I don't believe too. that at all. There's gonna be a trilogy for. <laughs> Russell, you're gonna be writing know. books too. Writing so dude. painful, but but this one, like, it's again, it's me coming back. Like, uh, we launched Traffic Secrets. The world goes chaotic, and I have more time, you know. And I'm trying to just occupy. Which, my by brain. the way, how perfect time. I mean, my heart was completely broken when you know you had to cancel the Traffic Secrets event because I, I was supposed to speak there. I was like, <laughs> no, <laughs> but 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 how perfect of a timing was Traffic Secrets. There are pros with, and cons of it. It was really good from a selling book standpoint. It was really hard for like a New York Times bestseller list, which yeah. we actually hit, which is I'm still freaking out about. It was tough because like Amazon wasn't shipping books. Things weren't shipping, like all sorts of chaos. Like they said books weren't essential. And so like it was hard to hit lists because you'd sell 10,000 copies of book in a week, but Amazon was waiting two, three, four weeks to ship them because it wasn't. And so like they, it, they wouldn't, the way that the lists work is like, how many did you sell in retail outlets? How many did you sell on, on USA Today? Like all, they're all the things, right? And so like when you have the big push, but then some books aren't being counted for like four or five weeks later because Amazon doesn't consider them essential. They're not showing sure anything. It's so like for what normally takes 10,000 books or something to hit a bestseller list. We had over 100,000 to be able to do it. Like it was way harder, way more stressful, but we got it. But it was like, anyway, but it was easier to sell because I had more time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so there's a lot, of, anyway, a lot of pros with that. Plus it was crazy because like in the beginning of the book, I talked about there's a storm coming and then literally it was like, we're in the middle of the storm. <laughs> <laughs> you get this book right literally now. Right now. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so I was in the season where, um, and I'm, I think I'm similar to you and I think a lot of people in our community where it's just like, my mind's always spinning. I can't stop. Yeah, I cannot shut it off. It's ever. like, there's gotta be something I gotta be, be thinking about. And um, it, again, it was, it was harder for me to find stuff for me to like geek out on inside of marketing and business. Like it was just hard to find the next I don't know, every time you get, every level you get to, it's harder to find the next level, right? Yeah. Like I'm sure the time when Michael Jordan's like, I can't find people to push me anymore. Like, where do you, where do you go? You know, and it's just like- Yeah, like Tom Brady in the NFL, just completely dominating every <laughs> team that's out there. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> anyway, so not that I'm that level or anything. Right, right, but for right. for me, it's just, it gets harder and harder Very to close. find things. And I have to dig so hard to like find like the gold, right? Um, and so I started just looking again at some of these things, right? And like, that's when I find, like I, I stumble on this book and it's just like every page is gold. And it's like, I'm lit up again, I'm on fire. I'm just like. But then for me, it's like, again, I talked about this earlier. Like for me, like one of my highest values is uh, ROI. Like what's my return on my investment? And so I'm learning these things. I'm growing myself personally, but I'm feeling empty because I'm not sharing them. So yep. it's like, what's the platform? Yep. That's why I'm like, everyone go, like, everyone go read this. I need to have this conversation with somebody. Like, so I'm having, you know, Dave reading it. Like everyone I can get to read. I'm trying to get to read so I can have these conversations. And then when you're like, hey, do you want to talk about our podcast? Like, yes, like, <laughs> let me spew forth some of this stuff. Cause like, it's in me and like, I can't, if I can't contribute, it seems like I'm, I'm wasting it. And so there was this, there was other things. And I started looking um, more and more like, you know, and right now I'm, I've got five kids. I've got uh, three of my kids are teenagers now. And man, teenagers have been way harder than I ever thought or expected. It's, but I mean, it's really, it's weird. Kids are, kids are really fulfilling, but man, teenagers have been just, it's different, different for me. And like, I'm feeling like I have to grow to understand myself, but also understand them. And like, and what I envisioned my kids as teenagers are going to be, what it is, has been so much different. I think for me, it, like, at times it got me like depression and like sadness and these things. I'm just like, oh, I shouldn't be like depressed this time in my kid's life. This is like, the greatest time I could be with them, but I got to shift my mind. And so it was me trying to like do some work on myself to like fix myself, not fix myself, but to get myself in a spot where I could enjoy the season. And then number two is how like, how do I serve them now at this point? Yeah. Cause I thought, I thought I envisioned the way I was gonna serve my kids was the way my dad did, right? Where I was like, he drove me to wrestling practice and we like traveled the world and we worked out super hard cause that's what I needed, right? And I assumed that that's what my kids were gonna need and it's not, like that's not what they want. They want like almost the opposite of those things. I'm like, but I have these gifts and these skills I can give you, right? And like, I don't want them. And I'm like, I can help you start a business. Like, we don't care. Like, they don't value money because they've always had it. You know, it's right. like all these things where I'm like, every gift that I have, that's like all my unique abilities I want to give my kids and I don't want them. So I'm like, okay, mm. and I'm learning this thing. Of like, well, instead of, instead of me trying to give my kids these things that I think that were so valuable to me, it's like, I just sit back and understand like what's actually valuable to them, mm. which is so much harder. And I'm learning this process. And so like, as I'm going through this lens of trying to learn these things, understand them and trying to figure them out for myself and I'm, and I'm stumbling upon things like this and other things, um, it just got to the point where it's like, I, I need to write this book. 
first off for myself, like when you write books, if anyone who's done it, like there's this weird thing as you start reading, you start seeing connections, you don't see any other spot. Um, I feel like God opens up insights to you that are just magical. Like I remember- When you start writing? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's 100%. You, get, you have to get deep in a topic and you have to study all these things to, to figure things out. And like, I remember the first time I really understood this is um, after I finished Traffic Secrets, I wanted to rewrite, I wanted to re-edit.com and Expert Secrets yeah. and publish a trilogy. So I went back and I remember reading those books and I was like, where did this stuff come from? <laughs> I, started, I was like, this is good crap. Like, I don't remember saying this or thinking like, where did this, I couldn't remember. And it's like, it's the weirdest thing going back and finding things. You're just like, that was like, somehow that was given to me because that was not something that I just intuitively knew, right? And I feel like for me, I want to start the book journey because it's like, I'm trying to, I'm mm. searching for these answers. Like the premise of the book is not like, I have all the answers, let them give them, let me give them to you. It's like, I'm in the season where I'm going through it again. And like, let me share with you. I'm learning on this journey because I'm learning some amazing things. And as I'm sharing these, I'm writing them. Again, these insights keep popping in and it's it's fascinating. So I'll like, I'll be doing something, I'll be doing something. And all of a sudden I'm like, I have a doodle. I'm like, oh my gosh, I run to Dave. I'm like, look at this. He's like, what am I explaining? He's like, I never saw it before. I'm like, neither did I. Like it just, it showed up when I'm in this, in this like intense, like, time right and so it's been fun as i'm writing this because i'm like these insights are coming at a, at a speed that they don't normally come in and i, and I think also like it's in, really fun. I, th I think hold that train of thought i'm not i want you to keep going on that but like i've noticed that as well when it comes to reading books reading a book and then applying the book yeah. those are two very different things yeah. like i have read expert secrets dot com secrets traffic secrets right yeah. and i'm going through i've not read the hardcover of expert secrets i've only read the soft cover so right now i'm going through and yes Two nights ago, I started it. And, you know, so like, you started the hardcover? Yeah, the hardcover. I'm going through, like, I'm listening to it and I'm reading it and Get I'm the taking hard covers, notes. They're way better than the soft covers. It's, I, I, so I'm going through, and I'm like, you know, all this stuff. But like, I've been, I mean, for the last like four, five, six months, like all I've been doing, like I have, I have no front end products of my own, right? I'm not building anything. All I'm doing is like working with like, I'm big campaigns on the back end, right? Yeah. So like full out stuff. We're doing stuff with cash flow. We're doing all this stuff and stuff. And I'm like going through, and I actually voxed you, right? And I was like, dude, like <laughs> people say they've read this book, but they haven't. Like they've, they've read the words, but it's like totally different when you actually experience it and you're like watching where it all fits in and like you yeah. start to see how it all clicks together. So it's like that but from the reverse angle of when you're writing it and trying to put it on in together. It's like what you're talking about yeah. here. Yeah. It's, it's super fascinating. You just, anyway, so it's been fun um, and I'm excited. So my goal, I'm trying to get it done by summer. Uh, for it to be a launch in March. So the publishing, if you publish traditionally, this publishing schedule is really, really long. So for if, if you guys want to read it in March, I have to have it done by June. Um, if we want to read it in March of next year, you have to have it done by June this year. Yeah. Dang. So that's kind of where I'm at. So I'm almost done with the first section of the book and there's four sections. Um, in fact, then this month I should be on the section number one and then that's kind of where do I'm we, at. Do we get to know what it's called? Like, do you have a title yet? <laughs> I do. I don't want to show a title yet because I don't want someone like going and... Oh, that's true. It, you guys yeah. all suck. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so then everyone buys all the domains up and they start like SEOing me and beating me and all that stuff. But it's um, it's gonna be cool. It's it's a it's it's a it's it's a study of like two things. So I'll give you this part. This is a subtitle. The so subtitle uh, is something Tony Robbins talks a lot about. But it's the science of achievement and the art of fulfillment. Like these two things, right? How do achievers achieve? And then how do you actually get fulfilled? Because it's fascinating. I think I see so much, I see my own life. Like I achieve something thinking that when I achieve this thing, I'm gonna be fulfilled and happy and everything, right? And you achieve the thing and you're like, I'm not happy. And you figure out that achievement and fulfillment are not, they don't work hand in hand. They're mm. two complete, and it's a science of achievement, which that's why like science of achievement works good for me. It's like, here's a step-by-step -step process to get this result, right? I wanna be a state champion wrestler, here's a step-by-step -step process, boom, got it. I wanna be an all-American, step-by-step process, got it. I wanna start a business, step-by-step, -step like science, right? It's not thinking, it's you just follow a process and you get it. So, so for me, achievements always come easy. Like anything I've ever wanted in my life, I've achieved it because there's a science, I figured it out, right? Fulfillment's art, it's different. It's not follow these steps and you become fulfilled. Right. It's, it's like, that's the study. It's like, how do you, the yin yang of these two things. And it's like, it's so fascinating as I've been going deeper into it and like seeing the pattern appear over and over and over again, all these different things. And how do you apply it to your life? And like, there's so much, there's so many cool things in this book that they don't necessarily talk about science of, of achievement and fulfillment, but they're all in here. Like the yeah. pattern's in here over and over and over again. So yep. it's pulling it from all these sources and showing, showing it to everybody is what the book's gonna do. And then how to weave it into all the different aspects of your life. Um, anyway, so that's- oh, One of the things, I, and I'm sure you'll talk about it, but will be the balance of those two things where, cause it's like, early on in my very young career of, you know, being 27 years old, but like, it was all about like, achieve, 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 achieve. And there's always like, my mom's voice in the back of my head. It's like, things won't make you happy, right? Like, you know, and I'm like, I yes, know mom, <laughs> but yeah, yes they will, right? And then you get there and then like, there have been moments in my life where I'm like, I am like right now in this moment, I am completely fulfilled or I'm completely content. And it's just like, I like, I don't know what could make my life better. And it's like, not when I achieved anything, it's not when I did anything, but like in that moment, whenever I take a step back and like think about that moment, I have very little drive to go achieve anything more, mm -hmm. right? And there's that balance of like, how do I stay like fulfilled and content while also being driven to go achieve, right? Because for me, like 
and and this is something I've like wrestled with and like talked to Katie about it. And I'm like, it's either one or the other. Like I can't be. And she's like, there's always uh, there's always another option. It's never black and white, right? And so like balancing the two of those and like understanding that, like you said, they're not they don't go hand in hand. They're, they're separate things. I think is really important and something that I'm trying to figure out and learn. What is what people get so, so I got frustrated about, like all the times I achieve something and I'm so frustrated, like why do I not feel how I thought I was gonna feel? You know, and like leads to depression or frustration or whatever, but when you start separating, like these are two different things and I can achieve and I wanna achieve, but how do I, how do I get fulfilled in the journey or separately from it? And like when you start, anyway, it's been fascinating. I've been learning so many, oh, so many cool things and it's gonna be fun to start sharing with everybody. Um, I'm gonna probably start in my podcast, start dropping more and more things because I'm getting deeper and deeper, more, you know, more of the thoughts are getting flushed out. That's the weird thing about writing a book too, is like, you know, initially I'm like, here's what I'm gonna write. And I write an outline of like what the book's gonna be. And then I write chapter number one. And I was like, none of this outline makes sense. Chapter two, and I'm like, and so it's like, it's this rebuild, rebuild, rebuild. And by the time it's done, hopefully we'll find out it'll be, it'll be the perfect thing. That's like, the, here's the frameworks you need. And like this, for example, this whole concept here, there's a chapter that's gonna be taking the frameworks from this book. And there's gonna be a chapter walking people through this, this concept of faith and fear. This doodle is a rough draft. I tell you, I sent this to you today. I'm like, this is not the perfect doodle. That's why I'm not gonna post it down below yet. Cause it's like, this is partially done. It's gonna be perfect by the time the book's done. I'm still like thinking through it and trying to like get it right and make it in a simple form where like I can understand it and hopefully that makes it easier for people to apply. But um, it's, uh, anyway, it's pretty cool. I think everyone should write a book. I think everybody listening should set that out as a goal because when you do, just the act of writing the book will, will change you more than I think anyone mm. will understand. And when someone asks you, like, what are you doing? You're like, I'm writing a book. Like, that just sounds super not cool. much cooler than that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, uh, I know you have a hard cutoff, so I wanna be respectful of that uh, here. So I'm, I wanna end with kind of like one question here, and that is specifically about reading books. Um, it's interesting, like I'm pretty involved in the ClickFunnels world, right? Like, I mean, th those are my people as well too. And so like, those are like the people that follow me and that I interact with and I like talk to a lot. And it's always interesting when I talk to people about reading versus action. And it's like, some people have this like, I feel like this weird thought that like, if you're a reader, you're not an action taker, which I'm like, that's not true. That's not how that works. But anyway, for you, if you are early on in your, or early on in your career, like early on in your journal, your journey of, you know, building your, your business and your funnels and like putting everything together, like, do you recommend <clears throat> like going back and thinking in your life, were you a big reader early on? Like, did you do a lot of reading or were you more action taking? And like, looking back, like, would you recommend people read more, take more action? Like, what's that balance? Cause like, it's very easy. I mean, I know for me, I'm like, <laughs> making time to read and then that's, that's all I want to do. I'm like, this is amazing, right? And then I'll go take action. Like, this is amazing. And so it's like, what's that balance there? And like, what do you recommend as far as reading versus, yeah. like reading versus action? It's tough because some people read just because it's like, like you get fulfillment or like there's- There's a good feeling that comes with reading. Yeah, for it comes sure. with reading. So it's a fake sense of accomplishment. Yes. So this is my, <laughs> this is my belief. Um, I remember when I first got started, I was reading a lot, I was listening, I was going to seminars. I remember at first it always frustrated me because I was learning all this stuff and I was getting, I'm like, but I had nowhere to use it. And I was trying to use it all. That's why, like, I think I launched, I think, I can't remember, a couple of funnel hack lives ago I measured. It was like 100 and, 106 or 116 or something funnels I launched before ClickFunnels. And that's because every idea that, that came to me, I was like, I have to create something. I like, create this and I create this. And I was like creating funnel and funnel and coaching program. And like, I could join, I joined uh, Dan Kennedy's mastermind. And they talked about, you should have a mastermind group. So at the event, I launched a mastermind group. And they're like, you should have phone cells. So I like, we started phone cells. And like, you should be doing seminars. We launched a seminar. Like all the, every, every idea that came, I launched it, right? Um, but man, I got a point where I was drowning because we had 8,000 things we're doing and nothing really worked. And I remember always feeling guilty because like I don't, these ideas are coming to me. Like I, I, I'm thinking like, these are like gifts from God. These are inspiration. I need to have these things. And um, it wasn't until, I don't remember when, somewhere down the line, I realized that like, I don't actually have to take all these different things and do them, but I can understand them because I enjoy like learning and understanding. Yeah, so mm -hmm. I would take them and in my mind, I'd literally like put them on a shelf. Like, oh, this, like I remember this, this Dan Kennedy thing on how to do high ticket, air exclusive program. So I remember listening to it and it's like, there's talking about franchises and this and all this stuff. I was like, this is amazing. So I was taking it because I enjoyed the learning of it. And then I was like, I'm not doing this right now. I'm so stretched thin, but I enjoy the learning. So I'm flying an airplane, listening to this audiobook, or whatever, but I'm going to put it over here and I'm just going to start categorizing and I put it over here in my brain. Like, hey, if I ever, if I ever wanted to go back and do that, I know where it's at, where things mm -hmm. come back, put it over here. So I started like, like learning because I enjoy learning, but I didn't have to implement everything. And I put things in these different spots, right? At the same time, I had a very clear vision. Like this is a different purpose, right? I had a vision that I'm trying to execute on, this is what I'm trying to do. Mm. So as I'm learning, when something came that that, cr that crossed my mind, I was like, oh, that's the next step. I could grab it and plug it in and I could use it. Yep. If it didn't, I'm like, that's awesome. I'm right here, someday I'm gonna use that in the future, right? And um, I talked to this, uh, James Frill I talked about this because he, uh, he has a Trello board. He calls this shiny penny Trello board where like anytime you have a great idea, like yeah, I have one of those. Instead, yep. of, instead of like trying to implement it, he's like, I put it over yep. in the Trello board. It's like, keep yep. your ideas. That way it's like, because 
for me, I think for most entrepreneurs, every idea is like your baby. Like, this is the greatest idea of all time. Yeah, I have a Trello bar called Josh's Brain. Oh, awesome. <laughs> so I, I did that. This is pre-Trello. So I ended up getting, I remember getting a note card. I had the uh, three by five note cards and a little thing. And so like when I had the ideas, I put them in there I put, and I put it there, right? And like, someday I'm gonna come back to this. And I get no ideas and I put them there. I kept putting them there, uh, either in a, in a note card or something somewhere else. And it's crazy now, I fast forward, man, I think it's 19 or 20 years I've been doing this now. So whatever it is, almost two decades. And it's really cool because when I coach people now, and this is my inner circle room. So I have people in here, I'm coaching them. And someone will be up here on stage and they're stuck with a problem. And they're frustrated. Like, ah, I don't want to do this thing. And all of a sudden, out of the back of my mind, pops up this thing and it comes in and I'm like, back and you, yeah. and I, I have this thing. I'm like, oh my gosh, where did that come from? It's because I, was, I learned it. Because like, yeah. I read this book over here. I saw this thing over here and like all these things. And so I think a lot of times we have to understand that like, like learning is fun. So enjoy it. Don't like, don't be like, I'm not going to read because I don't like, right. reading is awesome. Read, learn, do those things. Um, but also understand like you need to have like like what is your mission? Stephen Larson talked about this at, uh, two funnel hacking lives ago. Like he called it just in time learning. Like and so he's like yep. only read the book that you need. Which I don't. I kind of agree with that except for like this is a better pastime than watching movies, right? So like let's yep. read, let's, let's study, right? Yeah. But having your path like this is my goal. This is where I'm gonna go. Um, like if you join my coaching program, like we're gonna talk about what's first funnel. That's the only thing you focus on. Don't do anything else. Like just focus on that. Yep. You can learn other things, and, but categorize them away till you're ready. And then as you get pieces, they're like that's I need that. I need that. And like yeah. figuring out the next steps. I think that's kind of how how I would how I would do the yin yang of both of those because yeah. I'm the same way like like I'm learning so many things that you know are studying things or I find things are awesome that I'm not going to use but like someday there's gonna be someone I come upon that that nugget is gonna be like the thing that unlocks something for them and they're gonna be nice. super grateful someday yeah. so yeah anyway all right well man thank you I really appreciate you taking the time to do this this is so much fun, fun. Um, we could talk for hours but we do have to wrap it up there we've got uh, a little something to get to so um, thank you man I appreciate it <laughs> no worries and hopefully uh, for all you guys two things I want to say number one I'd highly recommend reading this book. Uh, and read through the lens of this. Like I wish the first time I didn't know where I was going. So I was all over the place and just like freaking out. But look at the lens of faith and fear of like, I don't want to be a drifter. I want to be someone who's spiritually, mentally, and physically free, right? Look at that and start looking at everything he talks about from this lens and just look at it as like protections of either how to get to the spot where you learn 2% or how to keep yourself from becoming a drifter. Or if you are a drifter, how to shift yourself back. And like looking at this, because it's like this guidebook of all the ways that the devil uses to shift you around. And when you're aware of it, Man, it makes it so much more powerful. And like, awareness is huge. the thing that I would say, we didn't have time to get to it, um, but like the thing I would say too is like, understand that it's not, like if you're religious, understand that there's probably gonna be some things that like when he taught, like the devil's like, you don't need God, you don't need me. You can, like some of the things that are gonna be in there, like Russell said, like 97% is good, 3% is bad. Like don't let that prevent you from understanding the value and the power that's in this book because there is so much good stuff in this. And like any single time that I've ever had success at anything, when I look back at like, it follows very closely to the principles that we're taught in here. So yeah, anyway. that's awesome. And so, then wait till next March to buy my book. And I will be the number one affiliate. So hopefully you all can be number two, three, four. That's cool. But uh, it's gonna be super, super cool. So yeah. Russell, thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. We'll have to do it again for the Book of Mormon or something like that. And uh, be fun. Yeah, all right. All right, guys, that's it. As always, hustle, hustle. God bless. Don't be afraid to think different because those of us that think different are going to be the ones to change the world. I love you all. See you soon. Bye, everybody. See ya.